What's up? What's up? Set Apart fam. I'm your host, Jamie Lynn Walnow. I am so excited to have this precious, amazing, pure-hearted woman, Trisha Odin, on today. I introduce her as we roll in and get started, but I just want to preface this with talking about being set apart in holiness can be like, it can feel like condemnation sometimes to people, but I can assure you that I would not bring somebody on who would ever condemn anyone. That's not our job. We are not the Holy Spirit. We are not God. However, if you feel a twinge in your gut, if something feels like, oh, I want to dive into that more, I encourage you to ask Holy Spirit what he's saying to you about what is being shared because we do talk about things in this interview that people don't really talk about and it is just a testimony of what God has done in her amazing life and in my life and we are so grateful and I love her and I can't wait to have her back on. So without further ado, we're going to roll in here, but if you find value in this podcast, Go subscribe, leave a written review, message me, tell me your thoughts. What are you learning? Is anything specific standing out to you? I love hearing from you guys. I don't want to be talking out there to a whole bunch of silent people. I want you to get involved and let me know what you like. And maybe if there's something you don't agree with, I want to know that too, because that is a huge value of mine. I want to grow as well. Love you guys. You're holy. You are set apart. And I hope that this brings more insight to what that looks like for my dear sweet friend, Trisha Odin. What's up? What's up, everybody? Okay, I'm really pumped about today because this is the first time one of my guests is coming on with such passion and zeal for this topic of actually being set apart. Now you've heard from guests who are amazing, who are living a life that is set apart in their sphere of influence. And it is powerful to hear the testimonies. I hope you've enjoyed them as much as I've enjoyed interviewing them and just getting shook and shaken to our core to choose a life um, where we don't compromise and we continue to live a life set apart. But my friend, Trisha Odin, is joining us today and she is burning with zeal to call this generation to holiness because she's been called to it by God. And because she answered it, a lot of things have happened in her life that he has shaken things out of her life that I believe are going to encourage us to know that we don't have to do it on our own strength. So before you tune off and you're like, well, we're talking about holiness, granted, you're listening to a podcast called Set Apart, um, tune in and listen to the love of Jesus in her heart. But before we get started, let me tell you a little bit about uh, Trisha and what she's doing, okay? Because it's pretty amazing. So her and her husband are the leaders of the Dallas campus of the SUM Bible College. She's a professor there. Mama ain't messing around. She's working on her second master's degree in biblical studies, and she's headed to her doctorate one day in biblical studies. And her husband, Joe, um, which I met them at International Young Prophets at the beginning of 2019. I'm like, what year is it? Um, they're amazing. And you can tell they have such pure hearts. And Joe has just been asked to lead all of the denominations in something called Go 2020 to train the denominations in evangelism, which is crazy, cool, random opportunity. So all this to say, she's also currently working on a book that has to do with empowering this generation to live a life with uncompromising faith and action. So how was that for an intro, Trisha? How's that going? I don't work. I'm like, did I do okay? Like, that covers it all outside of my three little kids. Yes, and she's a mom of three kids. This is true. Yes. Um, yes, I'm glad you're here. Thank you for joining us today. You're welcome. I'm excited and honored. Yeah, me too. So 
Trisha and I were, um, we were talking on the phone a few weeks ago, or maybe it was like a week and a half ago. And we were talking about this topic and we were just getting fired up together about, oh my goodness, me too. Oh wait, that's happened too. Oh my goodness. And so I'm excited. Um, I can't wait for you to share with people what you've shared with me. So let's just dive in. Um, first of all, what does it mean to you to be set apart? Like, how would you define a lifestyle of being set apart? Yeah, that, I mean, that's, it's a deep question. I feel like, you know, it's almost, I'm reminded of the sheep and the goat, you know, that Jesus separated and he made reference that he would put the sheep on his right side and the goats on his left. And if you think about it, um, and I've actually researched it before, but sheep and goat, if, if they have a child together, it's a stillborn. And it's because they're not supposed to be mixed. And yeah. I feel like in our culture, we oftentimes have not repented and actually turned from our sins. We've just kept the sin, but put the cross around our neck and called ourselves a Christian because Ooh. we believe. And so I feel like, you know, um, being separated or set apart, it's not about a belief system. It's about, did we or did we not follow Christ? It's, it's like a lot of us, for example, a car, we can describe a car. We can describe the engine of a car. We can tell you the color, the make, the model. But are we following the car or do we just know about the car? And I think a lot of people actually believe that they're following Christ just because they know about him. And they're, you know, when following wow. him is action. Yeah. And, and it requires that set apart coming unto his own, becoming his holy people. Um, so it's, you know, being holy is what defines us and it's what separates us. It's what, you know, I think about too, how when we profess that we are a Christian, say on the job, immediately your coworkers begin testing you. Maybe they may not be meaning to, they might not even think, oh, I'm going to test this person. But because you profess to be a Christian, they inwardly are like, okay, how deep of a Christian is this person? How real, what are their standards? How, let's see, let's just test them. And I just know from working way back in the day, you know, I, I remember being in a law firm. I used to be a paralegal and um, God would always put me under amazing just attorneys but this specific one he was a hard case and I remember one day he just came yelling and cussing through the hallway saying where's Trisha I need a real you know with explicitives Christian in my office like <laughs> and a lot of people in in that area you know in that firm down that hallway would call himself a Christian but you could tell that something in him was looking for someone who was really following Christ versus just professing. Yeah. Well, you know, it reminds me, that's an amazing, um, that's an amazing way to communicate it. And I think too, what you can tell by the fruit of someone's life. I mean, you can tell by the fruit of someone's life, their actions and what they do day in and day out, if they really are living that life. And here's what's crazy is this, this topic for those of you tuning in can sound really like intense. And it, and I, I think the church has not, has watered down this walk so much that that's why people are walking away. That's why they're suffering. People don't know how to be discipled in this, but the truth about, I, I love what you said about 
even even one of the words I just read, it, it really shook me. And I love black and white. Like I love like, hey, this is the way it is. And sometimes it, it doesn't always feel that way, but I feel like the word is pretty much black and white. Like it really means what it says. Yeah. And there is a time where we're moving into where people have got to preach repentance, which means when I sin, it, it's not like... I, I did used to live a life, and this is the broad path versus the narrow path. I believe that what you're saying, what you're describing is another way of describing the broad path versus the narrow path. You know, I used to think that many are called and few chose. Like, well, God, if many are called, that doesn't mean everyone's called. What do you mean? Then I had this encounter with the Lord where he said, no, everyone is called, but few choose me. And he meant in the church even. And the thing is, there's no fear that should be established in this podcast unless it's the fear of the Lord. Because if you're hearing Trisha say something and you're feeling, oh, corrected, it's probably conviction by the Holy Spirit. Like it really, it really must be the Holy Spirit tugging at your heart. Because when we don't repent, like the picture God gave me of repentance is if I mess up, trip or sin, which I do believe we, I mean, it says in the word that we can live perfect like Jesus, right? But that requires a lot of sacrifice to get there that many of us aren't willing to make. And on the journey of becoming more like him in character and perfection with him, one with him, there are trips. There's, there's, you know, like a toddler learning to walk. When a toddler trips, the parent isn't yelling at them like, how can you better get back up? What are, you know, but the picture he gave me is he delights me and says, hey, get back up. That's not who you are. Let's keep going because he knows one day I'll be sprinting if I just keep getting up and going. But when I get back up, I repent and I say, yo, Lord, please forgive me. That's not who I am. And I stand in who he called me to be and I keep going. And I think that's where the church could communicate more clearly about not being so hard on the sin life and sin nature like you were talking about, like we just put a cross around our neck and we don't even realize we're actually not following him. Yeah. So is there a time in your life that you could speak into where this really was like a huge eye opener for you that you can remember? Like as far as like I like like putting the cross around your neck, not repenting, like have you always followed the Lord and you've known this? Or is there a moment like where you can look back and be like, Whoa, I used to put the cross around my neck and not you know? I feel like it's not even so much that. I feel like I I I was born again when I was 17 years old and I was on fire for God, completely separated. I did immediately separate myself from anything that was remotely part of my old lifestyle. I mean, I did a complete 180 just overnight, just, you know, that was it. But then over time, say like four years down the road, I began hitting various temptations to compromise. And and I would see other Christians partaking in certain things and go, well, they're doing it, you know, or I would go to events and I'd, well, okay, so, okay, they're listening to that. I don't listen to that. You know, it just began confusing me as to why I had convictions for things and others didn't. And which, you know, at some point, I think too, God, if God is convicting someone and they don't listen, then eventually maybe we're like, I didn't feel convicted. But I think it was more of a temptation to compromise. And really, I think too, seeing the compromise in other people's lives um, contributed even to me, even falling away for a little season where I began to struggle in my walk with God. When I'm 22 years old. And I think that's what brought my 
just a passion for people that are living for God, but they're battling various temptations to compromise their convictions. Mm -hmm. And it's, I feel like it's like, it's like if a little poison can make us sick, so can a little purposeful sin. You know, I think there's there in the Bible, it says there's a difference in accidental sin versus willful sin, you know, and if we're in like a willful sin, then we should turn away from it and we need to come to God and ask him to wash us and cleanse us. And yeah, I'm the first to admit that I have not, uh, that I have stumbled uh, many times in my life. You know, I remember feeling like I was on a roller coaster ride where I just kept battling various temptations and I would cave and I would be like, man, can I ever just hundred percent look for God? Like, you know, all the way. And eventually I did, but it it was a process of not giving up, not giving up, not giving up. And then being surrounded, you know, there really is, um, truth to being around the body of Christ and being surrounded by believers. And I feel like that's even one area that we tend to compromise is in our friendships if, or, you know, or in our dating relationships. If we're not around solid Christians, then we're going to be more prone to fall away from Christ and begin making compromises because we're around people that aren't equally yoked with us and helping us kind of stay on the straight and narrow. Yeah. You know? This is, this is really amazing. And when you think about these moments where you see other Christians who are compromising, sorry, if you can hear the fire alarms in the background, (laughs) it's really sad. Lance and I live right around the corner from an old folks home. What do you call it? Oh, that's funny. (laughs) Retired living. And it's like multiple times a day that they're going in. So Lord bless them. Like we yeah. sometimes. Sorry. Anyways, great. <laughs> Clearly at home here, y'all. Um, so when you're in these moments of seeing other Christians compromise, it does make you question early on when you first start realizing, no, I'm choosing a life that's set apart. There are these moments that come, um, and you're like, well, if they're doing it, am I, am I being too critical and judgmental and hard on myself? Or is it okay for me to do that? You know, there's all these questions that come up in these moments. And the more you continue to narrow path, you know, the less those questions happen because you're so firm in the freedom that you have now gained by choosing the narrow path. What, what do you feel like, um, practically helps people who feel like that, that are listening, that are surrounded by people who don't encourage them to stay set apart or who are Christians who are constantly compromising? What, what would you say to them? Like, what can they practically do to to be encouraged to continue to walk on the narrow path that they feel so hungry for? You know, I, I feel like the only way to even, of course, live on the straight and narrow is to spend time with God every day, you know, and to stay full of his spirit and in your word. Because if you're in your word every day, it is, it is influencing you to stay set apart and it really because every almost every story you read outside of Leviticus where it's you know going down genealogies but you know any story in the Old Testament the prophets are calling people to come out to return from their sin you see in the New Testament Jesus saying okay I've healed you now turn from your sin or the apostles saying you know, or, you know, they're, they're telling people to repent and turn. And then they're even listing off the various ways 
that we sin. You know, it, they tell us you will not inherit the kingdom of heaven if you do this, this, and that. So if you're in your word, you're more inclined, I think, to just begin to influence the people around you. Yeah. I think the problem is when those people are, are influencing you. Yeah. And you begin to get watered down and becoming lukewarm because you're around the wrong types of people. You know, Steve Hill um, was a mentor of mine and Joe's. And before he passed away, he sent us a, a text message and was just telling us, you know, Joe and Trish, don't hang around the lukewarm or you will become them. Wow. And so I feel That's like there's huge. a difference between influencing others versus becoming like them and you have to protect yourself and know you know you just have to put up those guards around yourself because you do want to influence others you don't go into a bubble of i'm better than you uh at all you know you love you have to love but at the same time you you know if it's affecting you and you have to you yeah know, guard your heart and your that's 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 really powerful i think you know i love that he would send that to you and how much more impactful I mean, honestly, that before he passed, it's one of the things he sent you like, Hey, this is the biggest life lesson I could send you. Don't hang around lukewarm people or you'll become lukewarm. And even in the word, Jesus says it is better to be all in or all out than to ever be lukewarm. And to me, that says a lot. And so when I think about being lukewarm, I see a life of I'm in and then I'm out. I'm in and then I'm out. And it's very double-minded. Practically speaking, where are some areas that you see that we often are facing daily where we can compromise that we may not see as something that's compromising where we could all be called higher? Yeah. I mean, I think, I know for me personally, uh, I, I would say one of my main ones that, that I've got, I think everyone, I really think everyone in our young generation, Jamie, I, I feel like it is the strongest, uh, questionable thing, which is alcohol. Uh, you know, and so much debate goes on with alcohol, right? Yeah. And, and people on both sides of the fence. But for me, it's a conviction. Like I, God is, has, is spoken very clearly to me, not to drink alcohol. Yeah. And so when I see others and begin to go, well, why can they do it? Or, or, but, Oh, but it's so, it's so awesome. It feels so good. You know, like I could come up with all these reasons, yeah. but when I know that God is asking me not to, and I could name 20 reasons why I feel like God is saying not to do it, even if it's just for the, the sake of, of all of the people who are harmed by the effects of alcohol, you yeah. know, and then that if they find out I, partake in it, it would offend them and their conscience. You know, my husband was an alcoholic and a drug addict. So he has even said, you know, Trisha, had I gone into a church where the pastor or my fellow, my, my certain mentors had drank alcohol, he said, I would have stumbled. And I don't know if I'd be a preacher right now, evangelizing the nation. Wow. So it really is such a powerful thing. And although we don't judge and, yeah. and, and all that for what people believe or whatever I, it's still you don't compromise your convictions and yeah. I feel like that's a big one and then um I think also it's you know I know for me outside of integrity and anger and there's all those things but I think the way we dress and modesty is a big one in our culture especially that I feel like we are sent so many messages to be sexy 
and to and to have that and, and there's a difference between being beautiful and or sexy and yeah. i don't think as christian women we should ever have oh i want to look sexy and yeah. if it's sexy we need to take it off unless it's behind closed doors with our husband yeah and especially in the church you know to walk you know to profess Christianity and walk into a church with miniskirt or, or cleavage showing or certain th- belly showing, whatever, you know, Short certain, shorts, yeah. I mean, because men already struggle and we know that we know that men are visual. Mm-hmm. We know that they struggle at, you know, looking at women. So they don't need to struggle with that in the church mm-hmm. <laughs> amongst their Christian girls. I, I know my husband, if he sees, if there's an attractive woman walking up, he turns his head, he turns his eyes. Right. But yeah, that you cannot do that in the church. Yeah. But if your sister in Christ walks up and she's not dressed properly, how do you turn your head from her? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. you can cause your brother to stumble. Uh, so I, I think that's a, a huge one. And then you know, even our entertainment, the stuff we as Christians sometimes entertain and watch on television that is more junk in, and it's going to bring junk out. Yeah, uh, I, and I know, I know. When I was young, I used to watch stuff thinking, well, I'm just, it's, it's just of the world. It's not going to influence me. It's not going to affect me. But I think over time it does desensitize us to the heart of God. And, and even, you know, music, I feel like, I know I'm kind of beating on the different things, but, and I feel like it, and it's not, there, there is a difference between conviction and law. Yes. And, and I feel like we have to, know when we're feeling condemned versus just conviction. Like if God's saying, no, I want you to lay that down. God didn't come into the world to condemn us. He came to say this. So I would never want to communicate condemnation, but I'm just saying these are areas we sometimes compromise. And I feel like they bring a little bit of poison into our systems that could hinder life Christ and not being fully set apart so you know if we if and even worship like you know you know how powerful worship is so music is so powerful that music can bring us into the presence of God well music that's extremely you know way out there and a little bit full of you know bad words are talking about you know even just super sexual songs you know, we, we summons what we serenade and if we're, if we're serenading certain lyrics, we're summoning those spirits upon us. And you know, it's, it's like the girl that's single and she's listening to certain songs that are all about, you know, (laughs) dating and whatever. And you know, she can't find herself keeping guys away from her. Well, what are you serenading? Yeah. Yeah, I would like to I would like to go back and hit some of these because first of all, some people you uh, if you're still listening because this can be hard for people to chew, but I'm this is a trusted, you know, I'm assuming if you're tuning in it's a trusted source, but let's go back to alcohol. I used to drink alcohol and I had a dream one time. And here's the thing I want to preface. All of these things we're addressing, we're in a modern day battle. And these are things coming at us and if we aren't rooted in the word of God, which comes from desire and passion and relationship. And if you don't have that, you can ask him for it and he will give it to you. And it comes from knowing the character and nature of God and that what he calls us to lay down is because it's for our better. But I used, I had a dream. So all these things I feel like have happened to me, right? And I want to go back to the alcohol thing and I want to hit these things again because, um, because I feel like you brought up alcohol, dress, and entertainment which would be music to me too for a reason for this podcast for whoever's tuning in alcohol. Let's be real. 
There's so many times in the scripture, biblically, where the crazy things that were embarrassing or harmful happened because somebody overdrank. And I also believe that, well, I had a dream one time that changed my perspective of, you know, people would say, getting tipsy is not getting drunk, you know? And I had a dream one time where um, I looked at somebody and I said, I don't want another drink because I believe being tipsy is the same thing as being drunk. And our pastor came up and gave me a thumbs up, which I knew was the father. And it was like a knowing in the dream that being tipsy was the same as drunk. And I didn't want to put something in my body that caused me to feel, because there's a point where you start drinking a glass of wine or something. And hear me out. I'm not telling you if you're listening, don't do this. I'm saying this is what happened to me. This is where my conviction lies. And you have to be led by the spirit in all things. Um, and for me, I, I didn't want to put something in my body that made me feel different than he naturally made me feel. And it is awkward to sometimes, and Lance and I, neither of us drink anymore at all. We have zero desire to. Like the Lord took the desire out of my heart completely um, a few years ago through an encounter I had with him and I haven't touched it and I haven't missed it. And it has actually, uh, first of all, saved us a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, but secondly, it's cr- it is awkward to communicate to some people why, I don't know if you've run into that, but they feel judged all of a sudden where they start, you know, you that's the one thing they're like, oh, well, I only drink at this occasion. And they start justifying why they drink. And I'm like, hey, if you really believe, if you're feeling conviction, you know, like be convicted by the way we live our lives, but I'm not condemning you and I'm not judging you. And I'm not going to walk out on dinner because you ordered a glass of wine when we're sitting with you. And, and I'm, you know, it's like one of those things where when you walk this narrow path, people all of a sudden think you're being religious or they want to justify why they do it. And I'm like, listen, I used to do it. This is just what's happened to me. Like, this is what the blood of Jesus, like I'm a victim of the blood of Jesus and this is a result of it. And so, um, in those moments, like, have you found yourself in awkward moments with the alcohol? You're like, oh, I don't drink. Cause that's crazy these days. Like people I've been laughed at the things that have come out of people's mouths because I don't drink. And it's not something I display and write on my forehead, but because it's so common, it comes up. Okay. So, What do you do in those moments or what, what have you, I don't know, like, what have you experienced in that? you know, thankfully it hasn't been, it, it hasn't been too bad. I feel like it's, I do feel like we almost overly, I think we almost, I think it, it's rejection. I think we fear rejection and we don't want yeah. people to reject us for our conviction. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, I, for me, I, I feel like it's, it just sets us apart even more. And even though we don't want to be persecuted by our brothers and sisters in Christ for choosing not to drink, uh, I, I think for the world and people who are not Christians and are not saved, when they find out like that you or I don't drink alcohol at all, they have a hard time comprehending how we function through life without alcohol. Yeah. And they want to know how we have a smile on our face, how we are so happy, wow. how, you know, and I just feel like it's, I focus on those people because I feel like even in my neighborhood, I impact the lives around me because they all end up finding out I don't drink when they all have a women's event and I go, I don't avoid them. But Jesus went and hung out with the sinners, Come on, (laughs) you know, and, and he just chose to be holy around them. And as long as you are not influenced by them, go be the influence and show them that there's a better way. That's beautiful. I love that. I think, I think that's really profound because, um, 
my desire is never to push anybody away. And I love you just stick to your conviction because there's nothing worse than feeling the conviction and feeling the direction of the Holy one and ignoring it, like not being obedient. That to me is, that's that's, the worst. <laughs> oh, I hate that feeling. And I've, I felt it. I experienced it last year in a really big way for me that other people would be like, what? But I'm like, no, like I will never not be obedient ever again to something. It really caused damage for me personally, not to other people. Thank you, Jesus. But I didn't like what it did. Um, but then also with, with dress code, um, I remember going and looking at wedding gowns. <laughs> yes, I have a very curvy body. I hope that's okay to say on the podcast, but I do. But I have learned to dress myself to where I don't look like a Kardashian. Not that I'm saying I'm a Kardashian. Also, God bless because I've been praying for them and really believe in what's coming. So yeah. I, I'm just trying to say there is a standard that has taught women to show their curves. And so I even feel bad saying their name, but it's true. It's a standard that has taught us this is what it looks like. But I've had to learn. I thought I was modest going into marriage, um, but my husband has taught me a lot more about what's happened and is really checks me like before I leave, the, and not in a controlling way, but just in a, Hey, um, you know, that's reserved for one. And for me, I'm like, Oh, I didn't realize he calls me higher, but even my wedding dress, when I went to try it on, just to be honest, they're like thinking I would want to have cleavage. And I'm like, no, that's the last thing I want. I don't want any of it in my dress. And they're like, what are you, what? We've never heard a bride say that. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, no, I don't want that. Um, and so awesome. <laughs> huh? either I didn't have my, I didn't have any cleavage on money. Well, <laughs> the problem is their problem is even my bridal. I'm just being really real with you. <laughs> I did have a little bit on my wedding day and it really discouraged me. Aww. Like it really broke my heart because these are pictures we have forever. And for me, like nobody would think twice about it. And I know pure hearted people that have like, I wouldn't think twice about that. But for me and my husband, it's like, Hey, like even my bridal canvas print is back in our room where people can't see it. And that was really hard for me. But like, to me that I want, I don't ever want to cause somebody to stumble in that area. So I do believe that if you're tuning in, I'm like, ask God, like to give you a, like my husband does the choreo choreography of turning his head when a woman walks in front of him with leggings, when we're walking together, like he, I just naturally watched him just turn, turn. I hate mm. that. They have to, they yeah. have to. They do. But if you're tuning in, ask God, like, if you're like, where am I at? Listen, every day I, I go deeper and deeper and I do feel conviction nearly every day to go deeper in him. It doesn't mean that if you're doing it, you're in sin. It just means when you hear him encourage you to lay something down or to cover this more or to do this, do it and watch the freedom that it brings you. Like, don't feel pressured to live the way that Trisha and I are choosing to live because we're being called to live that way. Ask God to call you into the ways and watch what it produces for sure. So go ahead. I was just going to say one thing. I, I feel like even, even lately, God has been speaking this to me. So, I, you know, of course, like you said, we're always, we're, God is still calling us higher and higher. Yeah. You know, I've been saved almost 22 years now. So it's kind of like a process. So yeah. <laughs> 22 years. And I, uh, lately it's, I feel like God is just saying, you know, Tr Trisha, I don't want attention given to you. I want attention given to me. Yeah. And I feel like as, as women, sometimes we can be a distraction to, you know, and, and, and almost like, you know, the glory should all go to him. Yeah. And, you know, even Jesus, when he came, he gave up, you know, and he became a baby, you know, he set down that glory 
you know, so I think it's, some of it is just becoming more like Christ and just not wanting anything that would become a distraction. I feel like that's with modesty. You know, you just don't want to be, if you want to be able to go out, say to the mall and share the gospel with a few people and be led of Jesus, you don't want your physical like sexuality to be a distraction. So that's all. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think we all have different gifts and we're all made so uniquely that sometimes we're unaware. I've heard a story that Jen Johnson will text her friends, certain friends that are really black and white and say, is this appropriate for me to wear on stage when I'm leading worship? Clearly Mm -hmm. she's pure hearted Mm -hmm. and beautiful and amazing. But I love that she even does that every time, even if she thinks it's appropriate, she still asks so that she can live above reproach. And it's like, man, just, just be led, be surrounded by people who are going to have these conversations. Don't put pressure on yourself. Like I've never felt pressured to be holy. And I don't think you have, it's all happened over time. The more you read the word, the more you spend time with him. And I will tell you guys listening, and I'd love to hear your perspective as we start to close this out and get ready to pray for people. I feel more free living a life set apart than I ever have in, in my entire life today. I'm only 32. But I believe I, I, depression used to be something I battled with, gluttony, um, hating my body, hating, you know, not valuing who God made me to be, and just a lot of self-hate talk. It doesn't exist even internally for me. It doesn't even come knocking anymore. And after I was healed from those things, they come knocking because I had to renew my mind. But mm-hmm. now, like, the, I'm telling you guys, the picture of holiness is an internal world of freedom and love towards God, yourself, and towards others. I don't have judgmental, critical thoughts about people anymore. Used to all the time. Because mm-hmm. discernment is a gift of mine. And I would go from judging people instead of loving people. And now I can, I can totally tell the difference between the two. Thank God, because he's separating the thoughts. He's like, no, that's, that's not me but what am I saying about this person? And I'm filled with love. So I'd love to know for you, what are things like living a life of, if you painted a picture for somebody and you were to describe the joy of it, what does that sound like to you? The joy of just living completely holy. You know, I, I, it's just so awesome. I mean, you know, to, to go through life without guilt and condemnation and feeling any form of, you know, just feeling pure, you know, we're his bride. And so staying in that white garment and having like a spirit that just sings, you are good and you are holy and you are worthy and going through life with adoration of him. I I just, there's no, you know, there's no better place to be than on fire for God. Most of all of us probably listening to this podcast know that. So it's like anything to stay on fire for God is it. And so anything that would like not tend the fire, anything that would begin to try to put out my fire, it's got to go. And, you know, and because God is so faithful and he leads us and, you know, of course, both of us both could just go on and on and on about how God has come through for us and has guided our footsteps because we kept our eyes on him. You know, I could go on and on and on where the, what does the Bible says? He, he says, if you seek me, you'll find me. And that he rewards those who diligently seek him. Yeah. And so for people who choose to set themselves apart unto God, he does bless them. Are they going to have a perfect life? No. but. Yeah. We are amongst those that are the blessings and the favor of God will run us down and overtake us. I love that. 
You know, it reminds me of um, Matthew 6, 33, but seek first his righteousness and everything else will be added to you. That is like the most simple blueprint in the world. Seek first Jesus in everything that you're actually supposed to have, meant to have, that you would desire to even have will come to you. Like, I don't want to hold on to anything in this world that I was never meant to hold on to. And I feel like that is a great picture of like my burn and desire on this world, in this world for holiness. And I love what you said. Anything that keeps you from him, it's got to go. It can't even come near because <laughs> when you're with him, there's no better feeling. He is joy. He is truth. And he is freedom. And all of us want freedom. That's what we, that's what we, that's why some people have a hard day. And at the end of the day, they're like, I had to have a glass of wine because you coped with wine instead of the presence of God. And I know that can be harsh, but why are you leaning into wine? If you don't, for the feeling of it and, you know, escaping a moment. And that may not be true of everybody's posture that does it, but I'm saying, I hear that all the time from people. That's their crutch. They're like, oh, this was hard. So I had to go have happy hour or whatever. And I'm like, cool. I'm not judging you. I just know something that actually has brought me freedom where I don't do that anymore. And I know what that's like to go to happy hour. I know what that's like to want to have wine and not think about what's actually going on. But when we let him know what's actually going on, it's when he takes care of it. When we submit it to him and let go of everything that we were never meant to have. And so for those of you tuning in, like you are so worthy of being free, whatever you're bound by, whatever you feel like you're in a cycle of, whatever self-talk you have going on that isn't kind to yourself. Not being kind to yourself is not being kind to God because you are literally his masterpiece. And when we're not kind to ourselves, we're tearing it apart. And I want you to know that there's a place of freedom. Um, and that's why I brought Trisha on is because she has such a pure heart and love for you guys. And she's studying the word. Come on. She's getting her master's in biblical studies and she's a Barbie. I'm looking at her right now. I'm like, and I love that. Like, honestly, I'll be real. You are so beautiful. You could choose to live a life in this world where you'd be seen totally different the way the world feels like you should be seen yet. You're still that beautiful and you choose to lay everything down to have like you, you're willing to lose everything to gain everything in him. And so I would be honored if you would pray, if you have anything else to add, please add it and then just speak to, to our friends and family tuning in and, and pray for them. Yeah. I'll, I'll say one last thing and then pray just that, you know, Jesus, even what Jamie and I are talking about, it's not like rules and laws and legalism. You know, I feel like any, and we all know this too, that, or, you know, the 10 commandments and anything that Jesus does not want us to partake of. It's not because he has laws and rules necessarily, but it's because it harms us yeah. and because of his love for us. He doesn't want anything in our lives that will bring harm to us or harm to others. So it's more right laying down our rights sometimes for the sakes for the sake of others and the love of others. And the more we have the love of God consuming us, the more we just tend to lay down anything that would hinder or hurt anyone else's uh, coming to Christ. Yeah. So anyway, I will. I love you. that. <laughs> you are filled with so much love. I love that. It's so beautiful. And my maiden name was love too. It's kind of Which is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, God, I just thank you for every 
a woman of God listening to this podcast. I just thank you for Jamie. And I just pray that you would even just bless this, bless the audience. And I pray that anyone that is struggling with various temptations and various areas that, that they know that maybe they feel pricked to the heart that they're compromising in certain areas. I just pray that you would give them the grace to overcome and in the truth, God, that sets us free. I just, I just speak forth revelation and fresh impartation of truth and yeah. wisdom and knowledge and, and to give them uh, the, the fortitude and, and, the, and the stamina to just run their race without looking to the left or to the right yeah. and be as bold as a lion, but harmless as a dove to, to simply just be sold out, set apart, uncompromising in their faith yeah. so that many can be one in, in this last day and time when the pressures are thick to compromise and to bow and to water down our message and to become less of a strong voice and a clarion call unto righteousness and holiness. God, I pray that we would be so influenced by the righteousness, God, that we would be able to see the black and white of righteousness versus wickedness and not choose somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Just choose righteousness in everything that it entails in Jesus' name. Amen. Trisha, you are so precious. And I know we could go on and on and I have to have you on again to talk more about some of the amazing things and uncover the word even more in deep, beautiful ways with you because um, just because of your history and knowledge of how to do that as a professor, which is so cool. Um, how can people connect with you and find you? Just, I'm, I'm on Facebook, I guess. Trisha, uh, you know, it, it's actually Trisha Love Odin because my maiden name is Love. And then um, on Instagram, I'm Odin Trisha. Okay. And then, awesome. Uh, and yeah. for those of you on Instagram who are following me, I've tagged her in the post that came out with this episode um, of this Wednesday morning or whenever you're listening to it, go check out my Facebook and you'll see my podcast post with her picture on it and you can see that I've tagged her and go follow her and be encouraged by her and her life. Um, Trisha, thank you so much for your time. You're amazing. Thank and you. I'm so grateful for you. And, um, for those of you tuning in, if you find value in these messages, please share them. Let us know. What did you get from today's message? Do you have questions you want to ask? Are you questioning something we talked about and you want an answer? Let me know. I'm an open book. I love correction. I love building community. So if there's something you've been touched by in a good way, or maybe something that just didn't feel good when you heard it, please message me. Let me know. Um, share this with your friends. Go leave, go rate it, go subscribe, leave a written review. It really helps get the word out and grow the set apart family because this is my family and I take very seriously and I don't take it lightly that you tune in to listen to what God is doing in our lives. And so you are set apart. You are holy. You are worthy of everything good and perfect in this world from the kingdom of heaven, and you can do it. We believe in you, and we're praying for you. So you guys have a great day.